Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst-case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing the Great Kanto Earthquake. Here's what you need to know. When Emperor Meiji passed away in 1912, Japan entered its Jazz Age. Known as the Taiso Era, this period in Japanese history invited a mass democratic movement, a boom in industrialization, and a westernized culture. The heartland of Japan, Kanto is a region on the main island Honshu and encompasses the greater Tokyo area. In 1923, Kanto's population had rapidly expanded as factory jobs abounded and Tokyo housed dozens of densely crowded industrial districts. On Saturday, September 1st, 1923, families were gathering around the table for lunch when a segment of the Philippine Oceanic Plate 
glided against the Eurasian continental plate, releasing a catastrophic burst of energy. A magnitude 7.9 earthquake struck Kanto for mere minutes, and it would obliterate the entire region by the late afternoon. Down at the docks of Yokohama, family and friends waved goodbye to their loved ones as a steamship prepared to disembark for Vancouver. A low rumbling gave way to a deafening jolt as the pier collapsed, throwing hundreds of people into the water. A 30-foot tsunami consumed the coast as residents fled toward safety. Then the fires came. At two minutes before noon, thousands of families were sitting down for their midday meal. As the earth beneath them violently convulsed, hundreds of commodus or cooking stoves overturned, coupled with the dozens of ruptured gas lines and high winds. Firestorms erupted across Tokyo and burned everything in their path. Within minutes, hundreds of fires consumed the city, turning the bustling metropolis into a wasteland of rubble and ash. Thousands of panicked residents congested Tokyo's web of roads, alleys, and bridges as they attempted to flee the thickening smoke. Over 38,000 individuals took refuge at the site of the former Hanjo Clothing Department. A cyclone filled with superheated air and fire trapped and killed nearly everyone who had sought shelter there. One of the few survivors recalled, an enormous wall of fire like a tidal wave turned the air as hot as melting rock. In the poorer neighborhoods north of Yokohama, the shockwaves collapsed entire neighborhoods built on unstable ground within seconds. The quake destroyed the water mains, paralyzing the fire departments as fires ignited hundreds of flimsy wood homes. By the late afternoon, rumors were spreading almost as quickly as the fires that Korean residents, a largely working-class group, were setting the fires, looting collapsed buildings, and provoking further violence throughout the city. The day following the devastating earthquake, as hundreds of thousands of survivors struggled to find food, water, and shelter, police officers began dragging Koreans into the streets, shouting, when you see a Korean behaving violently, you may beat him to death then and there. Vigilante mobs welding spears, knives, and broken glass, and organized Japanese police and military officers killed thousands of Koreans, Japanese socialists, and other marginalized dissidents in the three weeks following the cataclysmic earthquake that had already ravaged the cities. Fun facts, a.k.a. death stats. According to survivors, the initial quake lasted for about 14 seconds. The entire earthquake lasted about 4 to 10 minutes and was equal to the detonation of 400 Hiroshima-sized atomic bombs. 48% of all homes in Tokyo were either destroyed or classified as uninhabitable. Nearly 7,000 factories, 162 hospitals, and 117 out of Tokyo's 196 primary schools were destroyed. 33.4 million square meters of Tokyo were turned into ash and rubble. 2.5 million people were left homeless, and over 100,000 people died. 
with the fatalities ranging from 105,000 to 142,000. An estimated 6,000 Koreans were killed in Tokyo and Kanagawa. More Japanese died as a result of the Great Kanto earthquake, then perished as a result of the Sino-Japanese War of 1894-95, the Russo-Japanese War of 1904-1905, and the First World War combined. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. Fact-checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guest today is one of my dearest friends. She's an actor. She's also the creator, producer, star of the second season of the upcoming podcast, It Makes a Sound, Jacqueline Landgraf. Hello. Good morrow. (laughs) Jacqueline, tell our listeners about It Makes a Sound. We're so excited for the second season because, spoiler alert, many reasons. Spoiler alert, starring yeah, spoiler alert. Rebecca yeah, Delgado. It's not, it's not starring. It's not starring. <laughs> it is starring. Well, Rebecca's nice excited. Cameos. Greatly I'm very featured. Excited. No, not cameo. Featured. <laughs> featured role. Um, uh, thanks, Rebecca. Well, uh, It Makes a Sound is a podcast, but it's not like an alarmist podcast. It's mm-hmm. a fiction podcast. Um, it is a, a quirky musical comedy about a woman who has returned home to her decrepit golf course community to care for her mother who has dementia. And uh, she makes an incredible discovery. She finds a cassette tape from 1992 in the attic that contains the only known recording of the concert of former resident and musical genius Wim Farrow's. Um, but for various reasons, she can't play the tape. So, uh, what ensues is kind of her zealotous attempt to revive what she thinks is the sound of a generation, uh, entirely from memory. And in that journey, she and her mother accidentally find themselves fronting uh, a wildly avant-garde, multi-generational band. And uh, to their great surprise and, and somewhat dismay, uh, they end up garnering an international fandom. So the new sync. Yeah, yeah. So they're the new in sync. And the second season, very, the second season is full of new adventures and new uh, characters, including uh, our everyone's soon to be favorite nursing home nurse. <laughs> Played by Rebecca Delgado Smith yes, as, as right. a very plucky, fun, uh, meddlesome <laughs> nurse who really you, you hel- helps everybody out. You can just hear it in my tone. <laughs> I, I, I was born to play nursing home. Uh. <laughs> type typecast. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Well, we're very excited for season two. Um, and Jacqueline, you know, we like to start our show by asking our guests. What is something that is recently alarming you? What is something that's keeping you up at night? Oh, geez. Well, now earthquakes. Um, (laughs) That'll do it. This one will really do it We're definitely going to have one today. Um, Mm -hmm. And also, let's see, war, bigotry, Mm. hate crimes, impending Mm. death. The big three. (laughs) Our parents' illness. Yeah, our parents' illness. 
You know, that's one we haven't talked about oh, uh, yeah. a- as often. Oh, well. Uh, but mm-hmm. I definitely think about that one as well. Definitely worried about that. I'd say I'm worried most about that. Oh, interesting. In many ways, yeah. I mean, and also, you know, so many other the- things. Underemployment. I had oh, a cricket sure, infestation sure. lately. Like that was really keeping <laughs> me up. We've had that too. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know you can eat them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. With chocolate. Threaten to dip them in chocolate, and they'll yeah. they'll skedaddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Start start taking out boxes of chocolate, and oh, they'll just get the it. hint. Is that <laughs> it? You just verbally threaten them. Yeah. I so say I'm going to eat you. <laughs> could, be a, could be an opportunity. You could know? be a Jiminy. Yeah. Well, there's your new job. Oh yeah, that's right. Cricket, <laughs> cricket lurer. Cho- that, that would be like such a good LA job, you know? It's like I'm actress, sure there are. writer, cricket yeah. lurer. Hey, I've done a few comedy yeah. sets, and I've been a real cricket lurer. Oh. <laughs> okay. We'll have Molly put the cricket sound effect yeah. in right there. Yeah. <laughs> um. So okay, we. We have to talk about earthquakes as much as I, I do mm. want to talk about all of our the, our parents' illnesses we'll and the fears of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, earthquakes. This is the kind of episode that will, I don't know about you guys, but make me spiral. And yeah. I've spent many a nights yeah. not only just reading about this, but then doing my own research about what to do if you're in an earthquake, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Did you guys listen to that big ones? Yeah, the uh, big one, Misha yeah. Yeah. podcast. Yeah, but I also was recalling this morning. Is it you? Are, are you and Chris going to meet at Dodger Stadium? Is that what your plan is? <laughs> no, we're meeting at uh, the Rose Bowl. Oh, the that's Rose Bowl. That's what, I'm, yeah, that's what I meant. The Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl. That's right. Yes. That's so if right. anyone else out there wants to meet us at the Rose Bowl, if God forbid there's ever a catastrophic earthquake, we'll probably This is only if you guys are apart. Apart. You're not going to exactly. leave your house because, and then go to the Rose Bowl. Explain. I'm running right out the front door. I'm leaving her and the dogs behind. <laughs> meet me at the Rose Bowl. i to the Rose Bowl. The great Bowl. flea market there. Yeah. No, the, the, I'll explain to our listeners. You know, one of the things they say is in case of an earthquake, you should have a plan, a meetup plan yeah. with yeah. your loved yes. ones because God forbid you're not together and God forbid uh, the roads, you know, are broken. Mm-hmm. What else do you call that? Broken. Right. No you internet. Drive on the roads, no internet, no phone. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. should not only have a map in your car that is not a Google map, so like a literal paper map, old school style, mm-hmm. in your car so that you know how to get either back home or wherever you're going. Uh, but you should have a, a meetup plan so that, yeah. I don't know, you can you can all gather and then take it from there. I don't have that. And I don't I don't know Wait. any of your phone numbers. I don't know my boyfriend's phone number by oh, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm like, I'm effed. I'm yeah. so effed. Today's the day you learn your boyfriend's phone number. Well, yeah. I know. <laughs> I moved here right before the pandemic. And I feel like this was like an exotic, you know, new f- worry and fear. The the earthquake yes. fear. I'd never been mm-hmm. par- in an earthquake, you know. And so I remember I was staying at like at various houses, including yours, all of yours. And um, I remember having a period of time where I was just memorizing everybody's phone number. And uh, now I've unmemorized Now you forgot them. it? <laughs> yeah. You get you get complacent, and that's the whole point of earthquakes. That's why I feel like they have to remind us: is like right. you need to have a plan because it will come when you least expect it. Like right another now. hot tip. So this is our PSA. Yes, and another hot PSA. tip that I uh, recommend: always have sneakers in your car, in mm. the trunk of your car. 
God forbid, the roads are broken and you have to walk for miles. You don't want to be caught in those wedges or Mm. (laughs) this is for more for women, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) You don't want to be in the heel in your heels. Yeah. Having to walk like, you know, 10 miles back home. So it's true. Guys wear uncomfortable shoes, too, sometimes. So I I think I might throw a pair of sneakers out into the in the Mm -hmm. trunk. I'm sure more of this will come up as we continue to talk about this tragedy that, I, I mean, this big earthquake. I this mean, is it is inc- one of the biggest ones. It I know. Really is. And looking at some of the pictures, mm. it's just deeply, deeply disturbing and oh. shocking. Um, the first thing that kind of that came up to put, <laughs> to put up is uh, God. Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, God punishing the people of Kato for their new Western values. Right. Well, the, yeah. uh, this is <laughs> according to J. Charles Shenking, historian of Japan, in the aftermath of the 1923 calamity, numerous commentators and average Tokyoites asked a simple question why? Why had the disaster struck? Why did areas of Tokyo known as the entertainment districts, consumer districts, and slum areas? Bear the brunt of the destruction. Was there a meaning behind the calamity? More than a few individuals believed so. Many described the disaster as an act of heavenly punishment or divine warning. Reflecting on this trend in society, Shiteno Nobutaka wrote in the Home Ministry Journal that the divine punishment theory was felt acutely across society immediately following the catastrophe. A lot of self-reflecting, I guess, happened. I mean, we'll get to all the things that happened in the aftermath of the earthquake because it just, it, sadly, it wasn't even just destruction. There were so many social mm. Uh, mm-hmm. and political, racial, uh, yeah, you know, tr- secondary tragedies, you know, that came out of of, of this of this earthquake. Um, mm. But it seemed like when things like this happen that are so catastrophic. As a humankind, we tend to need explanation. <laughs> we can't just mm-hmm. say, well, this is this is what happens. Earthquakes happen because we live on Earth and plate tectonics and, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's hard for us to really fathom um, mm. yeah. the magnitude of it, I think. I wonder... I wonder how much of it, you know, it's cultural too. like it's 1923, it's Japan, like what in their culture would like want to have some kind of explanation that's divine rather than just dealing with like the science of it? Yeah, I wonder, um, Mm. Chris, maybe you can look this up. Like uh, what what was the religious uh, majority, I guess, Mm. in Japan uh, in the 20s? I mean, it's that like really interesting moment that across the the world, right? That's like the in between times between the world wars, and so much shifted. Mm. You know, there was like such a shift of consciousness, such a shift of politics, and I feel like, you know, it's like in Berlin and Germany, it was the Weimar Republic in this moment. You know, in in Russia, it's like the Bolshevik Revolution had just happened, and so there was this huge wave of like liberalism and you know, kind of this new form of Marxism. And there was kind of historically a very open liberal, 
uh, you know, this is like Party. not my word for it, but like a yeah. decadent. We've all read The Great yeah, Gatsby, yeah. I hope. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I've heard you heard of that book. It's a, <laughs> just came out. Um, but uh, yeah, and so it, you know, it's like these, especially like Japan, and it's like they were a victor of the war, you know, and then this happened, which seems like it was it played a huge influence in like what came next and why they like switched over from like being the allied powers <clears throat> into being part of the Axis powers in, in the Second World War. Yeah. Go yeah. on, Chris. No, no, no. I think they you expanded got some info? their power. No, they they just, you know, like Jacqueline just summarized pretty well, actually. I mean, they, they were and economically they were doing really, really well, too. They were adopting sort of the industrial trend that we that we kind of kicked off in the mid 1800s and they were just expanding and i think part of part of the reaction to the earthquake was like yeah should we feel bad about this because as you know (laughs) you know the population grew people were doing well financially i i just think you know there is something to that where it's like are we too greedy are we being Mm. greedy is god angry at us for our well let's talk about greed let's talk about capitalism and consumerism put that up on the board Mm. Should always be on the board. Again, this is mm-hmm. Jay Charles Schenking. <laughs> yeah, if Clayton has it, it would be number one every single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Capitalism. Mm-hmm. Big so, C. Schenking, a historian of Japan, said, The Great Kanto earthquake occurred within the turbulent socio-political and economic environment that followed World War One. It was a reflective time during which many commentators in Japan believed the society was that society was experiencing a period of moral decay and social dislocation that manifested itself most prominently in Tokyo. Yamada Yoshio, professor of philology and literature at Tohoku University, wrote that this was a disaster they, the people of Japan, had brought on themselves. Some Japanese, such as General Ugaki Kazushige, suggested that Japan had become too materialistic, consumer-oriented, and capitalistic since the end of the Russo-Japanese War in 1905. Tenrikyu priest Okutani Fumitomo suggested that the gods had destroyed the consumer areas of the Ginza and Nihonbashi, where crowds had flocked to satisfy their vanity as an awakening call to encourage Tokyoites to end their slavish devotion to luxury-oriented consumerism. The destruction of the Mitsukoshi department store was often highlighted as a sign of heaven's displeasure with increasing consumerism. Mm-hmm. Uh, economists pointed out that it was not just the consumer areas that had been destroyed, but also the entertainment districts such as Asakusa in Asakusa, Asakusa, many commentators suggested people wasted time and money in hedonistic, frivolous, and idle pursuits. Uh, so. Yeah, <laughs> that's tough. I mean, like, we were like, right. It seems that God really <laughs> struck down this massive department store. Right. And, like, the entertainment industry and all the movie. Like, it's like this one particular island that was representative of, you know, a lot of the new kind of Western, like, consumer culture. Um, and then it's like... Goodbye, like, here's an earthquake, a tsunami, a cyclone, like, a dragon twist, a fire, like, riots. We're just going to take it all out. Bridge it's collapse. like, that's out. Yeah, like, in case I didn't make myself clear. <laughs> yeah, like, if you're looking for a sign, that's a big one. Yeah. You know, 
I don't know. It 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 shows that the the society at the time, maybe, or maybe this is a cultural thing in Japan, was um, you know, self reflective in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, or or at least there was this push among, I guess, its community leaders or or um, religious leaders at the time who were, you know, sort of forcing that kind of perspective. Um, yeah. But it just, it, it makes you think about, you know, when t- tragedy strikes, how people respond. I do think that in, in our yeah. country, we have a very sort of, you know, we, we, we like to, I guess, rebound and say, you know, you know we're going to get back out there. We're going get, to get back out there, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and just um, rebuild. I, mean, I, th- I think that that's what they were doing I, or, or later on decided to do. But I do agree. I think that at the moment, you know, when it all happened, it was very reflective. And I wonder if that's because it was in between these periods of, of war, you know, as they say, when hardship is happening in the world, when there are wars, people go back to reboots and musicals. Mm. <laughs> um, because they don't have the bandwidth also to sure. think about new concepts, new ideas. Mm. They want comfort. Right. It's like when bad things happen in my life personally, I want to watch the Great British Baking Show. <laughs> That's all sure. I can handle. Sure. And then when there is no war, when you know, when it comes to art, it's a, it's a real period yeah. of awakening and 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 a lot of right producing of new things. Right. Because there's more like psychic space, I feel. You know, I feel like when I was reading about this earthquake, it's just like reminding me of what I feel so much even about these times we're in. It's like we're so when we're faced with how tiny we actually are and like, you know, really you, you get your whole city gets hit by an earthquake and tsunami and all these things. And you see how like you're just kind of flicked out of life, just snuffed immediately th- by the hundreds of thousands. You know, it's it's hard not to feel so tiny, you know, and I think that that kind of often leads to an impulse to then like control something, you know, blame something, make sense of it in our little yeah. tiny minds, like the, these things that we actually can't understand because they're from science, from science. From the earth they're they're too big they're too big for us you know it's like they're too big for our tiny little brains to fully comprehend how we can be part of this this um huge yeah. you know tragedy right. of history and i think people who don't believe in god let's say um think that that's the exact reason why people invented god right which is that there are mm-hmm. things on mm-hmm. that happen that are inexplainable, not not understandable, mm-hmm. that are so massive and 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 make us again, like Jacqueline's saying, so feel so small and sense. and meaningless that you know they they strive to kind of create a story where they actually do have some meaning and control. Okay, if we live a certain way, if we behave a certain way, then we will be taken care of by a greater power. Mm-hmm. Now, mm. I, I we have to. I, I don't want to put this up, but I do want to discuss. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to phrase this, but I do want to discuss um, the Koreans and what happened afterward, mm. uh, after the mm. earthquake. 
we're obviously not putting the Koreans up on the board. Um, <laughs> but I just want to discuss. <laughs> Michael Allen said mm. the price of in in the price of identity, the 1923 Canto earthquake and its aftermath said. In the immediate aftermath of the devastating earthquake, hundreds, perhaps thousands of Korean residents in Japan were massacred. Nearly every imaginable kind of rumor spread, many of them concerning fire and suggesting arson. A good number of them implicated Koreans. Rumors reported included widespread arson by Koreans, personal attacks by unruly Koreans, robbery by Koreans, Koreans organizing into large groups to prepare for attacks on Japanese residents, murders committed by Koreans, Koreans poisoning wells, Koreans with bombs and poison, Korean criminals carrying money provided by socialists, Koreans masquerading as policemen. So these were all the rumors that were going around. In addition to providing an outlet for the expression of generalized fear or hatred of Koreans, the chaos after the earthquake also provided an opportunity for government violence against leftists and subversives in general. Uh, my Denawa from Brown University said, psychiatrists have suggested that the minority Koreans became the target for feelings of anger the Japanese felt against the injustice of fate and being victims of the earthquake and fires. It feels to me like they're doing a lot of uh, projecting <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, of their own <laughs> right. feelings onto uh, and, and frustrations onto a marginalized group. <laughs> Classic. Right. Yeah. Fully. It speaks to like just like right. what we've been talking about too. Like we can't. How easy to just scapegoat? You know, default to a, a, a racist or bigoted idea that you have. Like it's their fault instead of dealing with the magnitude of an actual earthquake. You know? And yourself, and and what that means for you and your family and your future. Right. It's like instead of reflecting inward, you just you don't want to think. Mm -hmm. Koreans at the time also were. Um, sort of a new um or, or i guess the you know uh, japan in 1910 annexed korea right um and so they right. they i guess were a part of this i guess they were basically new immigrants if you think about them that way and or just like a fresh new addition to the growing empire of japan mm -hmm. and and so i think this sort of fear of the other you know sort of takes over they're you know they're new to us, and I think that there was like a cultural kind of fear there of 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 the Korean people. I mean, we've seen it here with um, the you know that racist mentality of like the immigrants are going to take our mm -hmm. jobs. You know, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. we see it in the you hear it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it sounds a lot like what's going on in Russia and right. Ukraine right mm -hmm. now too. Like you know, because it was like like they had occupied Korea. And then, you know, they, they annexed them, but then it was like, we still want, we still want Korea. We still want control over them. And like, we're not really recognizing them as their own mm. country people. And then this happens and it gave them like a really, uh, the, you know, gave the politicians and powers that be like a really good opportunity to start spreading all this propaganda and take it out on these people that they, they didn't really want to be free. They didn't want to be part of their country. They wanted control over I, them. You know, it, it, it's it's hard to be an immigrant. And it's hard to be an immigrant at the moment <laughs> that you're being an Im immigrant, if that makes sense. Because like, it, and not just because you've fled your own country, left everything behind, perhaps your family, everything is new, you don't know the language. 
that's just like on one level, right? But it's also mm-hmm. wherever you're going, it's if you are a part of an immigrant community, the feelings of the people towards you are also very strong and usually mm-hmm. negative. Mm-hmm. And and with time, of course, hopefully that starts to uh, people are, are more welcoming and more understanding. But at least in America, like you, you, you've heard it also like the Irish and Italian when they came to, you know, uh, went to America and, and they were not wanted. It takes time, I guess. Well, I, it's just the temporary nature of it's like a yeah. result of this sort of temporary transient kind of nature of how geopolitical whatever works. I mean, you, you give, give it 100 years and the Italians are now... Uh, they're now, I guess. Now they don't want other people. Part to come of the majority, in. and now they, they totally don't want forgot. other people. They totally yeah. forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now it's like yeah. we so, don't want these Central is, Americans. They're not like us. Is there a way to like put on the board something that's like because mm-hmm. I feel like it's like the hubris, like the fact that like Japan had was in power and was like kind of becoming a, became a superpower after World War One and like had control over Korea and kind of annexed them. But like it's like that that isolationism, that feeling in America, too, where it's like when the country's doing well, you don't want an influx of immigrants because it oh, feels interesting. like yeah. You know, yeah. this like false sense of they're bringing it down. And I feel like that sounds like somewhat of this. that They're like, we're doing so well, you know, and. It's these people, these infiltrators that we need to turn on. And it's like a sense of like their own, like abusing their own power or wanting to stay powerful or like the hubris of it. There's something too that just sort of made me think of what we were talking about before, which is like something cataclysmic like this happens. You feel so small. You feel so powerless. You know, I think that that is, you know, these shifts in population and immigrant influxes, these are these make pe- people feel powerless too. Like, what's happening? I have no control over the situation. And so instead mm-hmm. of one direction, you know, Watch you down. go the other direction, fear and hate, right? Mm-hmm. You, you see, these are, yeah. I, you just made me cr- think, Chris, these are so, uh, social and cultural earthquakes we have of our own. Mm. Mm. Wow. So is that what we want to call? What? Yeah. Let's put the a social, couple of these the, terms the, on the, the board. social earthquake or the, uh, the well, cultural earthquake. The um, human earthquakes. You know, it's interesting because <laughs> <laughs> we've got literal earthquakes and uh, societal. You know, we could do yeah, psychic. Earthquakes. We could do you know Mother Nature, which I think should be on the board. Sure, and, let's and put human, her up. And human nature. There you go. Yeah, I mean that tectonic plate started Let's, in the philippines so maybe philip the philippines is on the board <laughs> at least their plates are you know the philippines sent that or we'll tectonics like, on there too shake up we this have plate. to talk about the literal things that happened as well uh, mm-hmm. and put those up on the board Aye. like fire uh, so let's put fires up on the board <laughs> <laughs> the earthquake destroyed many of the gas mains in tokyo and yokohama the leaking gas ignited, cause, causing massive fires. Nearly two-thirds of all houses in both cities burned down. Um, in interviews conducted in 1990, nearly 70 years later, Osamu Hiroi, a renowned researcher of Japanese earthquakes, survivors, um, survivors shared the destruction and trauma experienced as a firestorm caused mass casualties in what was a defunct army clothing depot located in Tokyo's Hanjo 
district. Nearly 44,030 Tokyo area refugees died when fires quickly swept through as carts of people people's possessions caught fire, ugh, trapping those inside, many of whom burned to death. Survivor Kawataki Shigatoshi said, I was speechless watching the whirlpools of fire and the undulating waves of flame. It was utterly beyond description. Um, and I just, I was looking up what a fire tornado is because everyone keeps talking about what, you know, Oy. what that is. And it's a whirlwind induced by fire containing a vortex that sucks in debris and gases. Eyewitnesses called this a dragon twister, uh, or they've also yeah. called it hell on earth. The gigantic fire. <laughs> yeah. So lit- that was more just literal. Like, yeah. Literal. That's- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> I get like such a feeling of doom in department stores to begin with. And so I just feel this feels like when I read this, I was like, right, yes, this is what happens. This is what happens when you pile into a department (laughs) store. Like this is what's going to happen to all of us. Like trapped in hell. Of Macy's, get, get out, out of Macy's. You know, it like, says it. it um, the the fire killed. Thir- you know, the the uh, at least thirty eight thousand people in fifteen minutes. That's terrifying. Oy. Fifteen minutes is too long. Well, though. yeah, too but long. that amount of you're in there for fifteen to, minutes. I know. Oh. Wipe out. It's unthinkable. In fifteen yeah. minutes. Oh my god. So wind. So we do we Can put wind up there then? Wind. Yes. Or tornadoes. We'll, we'll put the wind. Yeah. That evil, yeah. that evil, that evil ha- dragon twister. Um, we'll call it a fire. I also, in the actually. in the information you sent out about the fires regarding the fires, it sounds like <laughs> it sounded like from the information that you know the cooking stoves turned over at, like everywhere because it was midday, and so I felt I feel like lunch. Mm-hmm. I agree. I have that on my list. Like, if it was. <laughs> If it wasn't midday, I don't think those cooking fire like the the cooking true um, ovens. You're absolutely be on. right. Let's put lunch up on the lunch. board. And this is according to history of yesterday dot com. What made the earthquake much worse was the time it occurred at. If the earthquake had happened at night when most of the residents were asleep, it would have been it wouldn't have been as bad. Mm. However, it happened at one of mm. the worst possible hours during the day when lots of people were cooking. Most locals used real fire and lived in wooden houses. Electric stovetops and brick houses weren't u- ubiquitous back then yet. So mm. open flames, cooking in an open open flame inside of ha- in inside near a house. I've always been a fan mm-hmm. of electric stoves. I, I'm not going to lie. I just think there. I mean, we're we're going there. That's that's the future. The future is electricity. It's electric electric stoves. But you know, that's you know, at the time, you don't you're not going to have that. Yeah, you obviously. didn't have that. Nope. So I've been a fan of the lunch sandwich. Just a sandwich. <laughs> just feel like no, sandwich. no cooking. Don't don't cook at lunchtime. Like make yourself <clears throat> a bologna sandwich. sandwich. Yes, you I'm know, also like, a fan of the DoorDash you you too, to, so, where someone right, else cooks and just them. magically appears. <laughs> How come they didn't use DoorDash if they just used right. DoorDash in uh, 1923? Um, let's put lunch. That would be sad lunch if that got there. sent to jail, but we have to. Wind. Uh, again, wind, fire, wind. tornadoes. I got those. Up yes. There. Okay. Because uh, wind was a big part of it, and tsunami. Uh, this is according to thoughtco.com. The offshore earthquake triggered a tsunami in the bay, which struck the island 
uh, of Oshima at a height of 39 feet and hit the Izu and Bosu peninsulas with 20-foot waves. The north shore of Sagami Bay rose permanently by almost six feet, and parts of the Bosu peninsula moved 15 feet laterally. Japan's ancient city at Kamakura, almost 40 miles from the epicenter, was inundated by a 20-foot wave that killed 300 people. Everything horrible happened. Like if you were writing a movie and you were like, there's going to be a massive earthquake followed by a tsunami, followed by a bridge collapse, followed by a dragon cyclone, followed by fire, like followed by like this, like you'd be like, no, like no one's going to believe that is too much, like too much. Calm down, Michael Bay. Just let them have an earthquake. Right. That's what they would say. Right. Right. It's horrible. (laughs) My God. Um, So much. And yeah, yeah, go on, Chris. No, I I was just going to. Uh-huh. Just take another moment to say how incomprehensible this all is, and and, and looking at some of the I photos know. and, um, mm-hmm. it's brutal. I I want to ask a clarifying question. Yes. So when we're talking about who's to blame, okay. are we talking about like or what is to blame for the like catastrophic death or for the earthquake itself? Oh, good mm. question. I mean, we know what's to blame for the yes. earthquake, but I think it's the cat. It's the, the, yeah, the catastrophic death. I think. Yeah. You know. Okay, because I mean, yeah, it, I feel like we're circling on like kind of different. Yeah. To- we're talking about obviously like the event itself, but there are. I feel like there's different contributing factors that increase the death toll, yeah. which yeah. I think might be Big what time. we're uh-huh. maybe more. Uh, the more interesting thing to decide yeah what added to the yeah. tragedy you know well let's I, I think we're good with uh things up on the so it's so lunch yeah. i think it's lunch <laughs> let's take lunch let's take a lunch break let's take a lunch break and then we'll come back and start knocking things off the board <laughs> hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I wonder if like, I mean, this, this I think maybe goes, speaks only to what, what the Japanese then did to the Koreans, but like, I wonder if World War One is a contributing factor, like if that should be on the board, like in some ways that they're just like in in a fighting spirit, you know, that like I feel I can't you know, I don't think that that's why it's like a world yeah. war. You know, it's like for the first time, all these different countries got together and took sides and, you know, and so they had like national pride and like me versus you, my group versus your group. And they were like in a fighting spirit. And I feel I, you know, I just wonder if there was still like the the residual effect of that to be like, yeah. I, l- I mean, I turn against. You. I think last minute plea by Jacqueline to add World War One up on the list, and okay. I, I I think we should do it. Yeah, war. What is it good for, <laughs> Chris? Absolutely hit us with nothing. the list. The, who is to blame for the Great Kanto earthquake? Is it God, capitalism? Consumerism, Mother Nature, mm. Human Nature, Plate Tectonics, Fire, <laughs> Wind Slash Fire Tornadoes, Lunchtime, the Tsunami, or World War One? Wow! Mm. Off the off the bat, since we clarified, I think we can take Plate Tectonics out because we know yeah. that that yeah. literally caused it, but. They just, not the plate's fault. They're just spinning. Mm-hmm. spinning exactly. Slipped. A plate slipped. <laughs> slipped a disc. Oh, and you know what you use literal. plates for? Lunch. That's oh. true. Lunch time. <laughs> not me. I eat it. I eat my lunch. So it's already sink, assumed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for safety. That's why he does that. <laughs> Sandwiches over the sink. That's he avoids all it. kinds of plates. What? <laughs> what? Can we specify what we mean particularly by human nature? Like what about mm, human? Perhaps. To me, that, human earthquake. that earthquake nature. That was going back to kind of the ugly side of human nature that came out once the tragedy happened and right, they like started retaliating against like Koreans down. because they couldn't, you know, deal with the, their own anger Control or them. shock from the event. Yeah. Right. Sure. So, I mean, mother nature. Okay. God, capital. I, I don't believe capitalism did it. Not this one. Right. Or I don't know if we can say God, really. This feels more made, right? If we we say God, we're a little, you know, as like liberal artists in Los Angeles, we're a little implicit. Like if God, you know, spiked them down because... I just don't believe it. They were liberal (laughs) and having a party. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I don't, don't think, think they so. were all partying all the I time. I don't think it was God. I don't think it was God. So if we should were. take God off the yes. board with thinking. People, I also think people. capitalism, really, because that goes with the thought that yeah. you know that was the reason 
that they yeah 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 that this happened to them or consumerism as well we can take that off the board mother nature got to i mean uh, yeah in this case i just feel like mother was very having a horrible day (laughs) Mm. like uh, just very really really having a tough day like really mother wanted to take it out at the same time i've i uh, uh, Chris, maybe you can look this up, but uh, Japan is known for earthquakes. So yes, it's oh yeah, we didn't put the Ring of Fire. That's that's the sort of that's the mm. sort of plate right thing. Earthquakes that... and tsunamis and because tsunamis. the tsunami usually follow. And I feel like there's a lot of like spirit even after the tsunami that happened. There was an earthquake and tsunami back in like the early two was it two thousand eight or something, and then it wiped out that. Uh, the the mm-hmm. nuclear nuclear plant. Even then, there's so much talk yeah. about like, what can we learn from yeah. this? Like, what? Why is this happening to us? Like, that's a big part right. of their cultural awareness. There. Yeah, experience. And yeah, I I just don't think that you know, uh, that the, that's why the God thing doesn't work for me because if we were all on the ring of fire, if all of Earth was a ring of fire, right? Th- then it would be <laughs> more like. Johnny Cash. <laughs> it would be more like, okay, well, you specifically now you've been behaving poorly, and you know, <laughs> but right. it just, it's yeah, just, it's just that's where Japan is, mm-hmm. where it sits, and so it has nothing to do with God. Just location, location, no. location, no. location. I mean, <laughs> there might not even be a God. So, uh. should we have put location, location, location? I'm pretty sure we put that up yeah. at some point before. Yeah. <laughs> Do you definitely, want that or do you want the ring definitely. of fire? I think location, location, location. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they shouldn't have bought that property. Um, <laughs> let's take, uh, I think we can take lunchtime off. Yeah. That's uh, fine. Yeah. Right. I think I did think it contributed to a and lot of any, deaths. Yes. Excess. Agree. But I think the fire Again, though, was that more. Goes fine. Loca- that goes back to location, 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 because at lunchtime, you're in a sure. certain location. And if it wasn't lunchtime, you'd be in a different location. Yeah, that's right. And timing. And I think that mm. it was more fire than the tsunamis that really caused the the massive casualties. Um, I'm not mm. saying mm-hmm. either Jeez. are good. You know what All I mean? All right. I mean, like, can you blame anything for that fi- for those fires? I mean, how do you build a city? I mean, my mind goes to you know, city design. Right. And, Mm -hmm. uh, but how do you build, I mean, you know, uh, we, we kind of saw this. That was technology back then that we just didn't have, it it was cheaper, you know, like more flimsy construction, like that stuff is bound. I feel like every time something massive happens, we learn and we have to build it in a different way because it won't withstand certain. Right. Well, this earthquake is, is, uh, um, credited with, uh, you know, a whole earthquake preparedness kind of this, uh, right it revolution. The name. It sort yeah. of shifted, it sh- changed the game. Yeah, changed the game in that in terms oh. of that. So that I mean, that is something good that came out of it. If you can mm-hmm. find the silver lining. Um, I mean, I still don't know my boyfriend's phone number. No, so let's talk about it. What's his number? Let's tell everyone so everyone knows. <laughs> everyone should learn your boyfriend's everyone number. Everyone grab a pen and paper. Five, five, five. Write down Jacqueline's number. Yeah, call, if, if, call Jason. He, honestly, a great if person an to emergency, call if you're in need. Right, he'd be really good. He's a phone blow up. He'd be like, who but, are all uh, these people? If only we could get a hold of him. <laughs> He's like, Jacqueline, so, my phone's bl- like blowing up right, right? now. Blowing up. 
So we're going to take fire and wind and fire tornadoes. I off. do. Correct. I end the tsunami as well. I don't think okay. we can blame World War One either. No. Right? No. For the fire? I, I didn't directly Here's what I think, fire. guys. I think uh-uh. we send location, location, location to the alarmist jail and slap the human earthquake. The, mm. the earthquake of humanity that happened after right. the literal earthquake. What do we think? Let's mm. let that simmer. Do we? Are we going to send location, location, location? <laughs> I like giving the human nature or human earthquake a slap because I do feel like it's yeah. unfortunate that that, that they, happened, and I feel like yeah. they deserve some kind of yeah, punishment. They deserve a slap. Um, I think I want to call location? it earth, the earthquake of humanity. mother. Mm. Okay. I want to take mother to task too. It's tough. I mean, so you want to send a uh, mother to the alarmist jail? Well, I think yeah, it's like mother or location. Is mo- mother mother whipped up havoc on mm. the location? But she constantly does because of where it is. Right. That's the thing. It's not personal. But this it's worse not personal than ever, right? <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me think uh when you when when I think about location 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 it makes me think about yeah how and why uh J- Japan emerged as a as a power especially on this island or this mm-hmm. you know thousands of islands um and and it just makes me just more curious about their culture i mean they must be a very resilient yeah uh, clearly um country yeah. and history and it just makes me more curious about them i mean could you because they're operating at a disadvantage right, right. i mean if you think about yeah. it based the, being uh, yeah. on the ring of fire it's like playing the, the, the video game of life on extremely difficult as opposed to yeah. you know mm. easy or medium or whatever so it just sort of I don't know. It makes me sort of have a new appreciation and, and curiosity about this, yes. the history of this country and these yeah, people. Absolutely, We need to learn more. We need I, to dive in. I will say, I also think location, location is like kind of bringing together. Like, I think the reason that they became part of the superpower after the war was that like during the war, they had jurisdiction over the seas, like over mm-hmm. the Western seas, mm-hmm. you know, because, because that's where they were. Um, and they had the military to do it. So so yeah. we're going to send location. Japan's location, location, location to the alarmist jail. All right. I'm going to call it. And okay. hopefully we're, we're going to talk to an expert and <laughs> we'll see what they think. <laughs> the earthquake of humanity. Yeah. You're getting the big slap. Japan's location, location, location. You're going to the alarmist jail. Get it. So much... <sighs> Just so much cat. I keep thinking of just all the casualties and the destruction of this terrible tragedy and what that must have felt like in the aftermath for those survivors. How ugh, incomprehensible and like I, I just can't yeah. imagine everything around you. It's not just your house mm-hmm. and your yeah. home, and but there's death and destruction all around. How do you come out of that? Um, you know, this is what. What this brings me back to, because I feel like we all, especially living here in LA, have these moments where you are driving under a bridge or you're like, oh yeah. God, it could happen now. And it brings us back to, I feel like the conversation we've had many times about preparedness and maintenance. Yes. How do we, you know, like w- these things are going to happen. 
So what can we be doing as a society to our infrastructure to not only maintain, but, you know, retrofit and prepare for these things that will absolutely happen. Yeah. Um, so that when we, when it does happen and it is terrible, we can at least like have some of our wits about us and not start scapegoating and doing right. the crazy things that mm-hmm. people do when they're unprepared mm-hmm. and shocked. That's a really mm-hmm. important point, Clayton. When, if and when it, it happens, let us think about this and, and remember that it's happened before and let's not make the same mistakes we people have done in the past. Jacqueline. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. It was totally terrifying. We couldn't have done it without you. So uh, thanks for helping us figure out who was to blame for this catastrophic earthquake. Now go learn your boyfriend's number as soon as you get off of this podcast. Okay. We'll all yeah. learn it. We'll yep. all learn it. Na- yeah. nine one one. Jason's number. That's what, that's what we need. <laughs> and how to get to the Rose Bowl. That's right. Make your plans, everyone. Don't sleep on those plans. After the earthquake, the reconstruction of Tokyo following the Great Kanto earthquake began almost immediately with former Tokyo mayor and appointed home minister, Gotu Shinpei, who called the disaster the perfect opportunity to construct an ideal capital. Beginning in 1960, September 1st was designated as Disaster Prevention Day in Japan as a way to commemorate those lost during the earthquake and to remind people of the importance of preparedness. Since 1923, and to this day, information about the Kanto massacres has been largely suppressed and in some cases outright denied in Japan. Visit our website and let us know who you think is to blame at www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter at Alarmist The. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with fact-checking by Chris Smith and editing by Molly Hockey. Additional writing by Anastasia Kousakis. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Alex Paul. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith and the Erios Network. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing Cinco de Mayo. Erios. Powered by ACAST. 2 new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manis and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.